0: Hi everyone, I want to welcome you to the first official episode of Big Red Ballers. This episode previews both the women's and men's Cornell basketball team. Starting next week, each episode will consist of a weekly recap, interview, and matchup preview. We will flip-flop weeks, meaning next week will be the first official episode with men's basketball, and then the week after that, will be with the women's team, and so on. With that being said... I'll pass it over to our two outstanding hosts, David Apega and Sohini Singh. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the first episode of Big Red Balls, brought to you by Big Red Sports Network. I'm David Pega, a freshman at ILR, and I'm with my co-host,
1: Sohini Singh, a freshman in engineering.
0: Big Red Boss is the first official podcast of Cornell basketball, covering both the men's and women's teams ordering each week. New episodes will be released every Wednesday that break down recent games and preview the games ahead. Episodes will include exclusive interviews with Cornell Big Red players, coaches, and alumni. You don't want to miss out on Be sure to follow BRSN on social media at Cornell or on www.cornellbrsn.com. Without further ado, let's get popping. So to start with on um, the girls' team last year, they had they finished with the overall 9-16 record. They were 5-7 at home and 4-9 away. In a conference play, they went 4-10. Uh, they were predicted for the year to finish sixth place, and they ended up finishing sixth place um, in the season. What well, was a season that was Ended up being pretty expected from based on what the experts saw. However, there was a lot of things in the season that we have room to grow with. And one of these things was scoring, specifically our three point percentage. Last year we shot 26.7% from three, which, for especially the way Mara Basketball played, just probably won't cut at this point. And if we can hit the 30% marker next year, or this year, I should say, that'll be a really good thing for our team. We actually to start really getting back and competing in these games. So the three pointer, especially the way Basketball played now, really is the equalizer
1: agreed and I think it's something that's achievable because each of our players from last season had pretty good field goal percentage and three point percentage it's just a matter of he- reaching that ceiling because every other team in the Ivy League has above us has at least a 30 percent marker um also one thing that I think we could really work on in this manageable is just careless errors like we have a high turnover count per game 18.6 yeah
0: that really hurts especially in close games where when you're making those errors by yourself, that's giving up possessions to the other team, points, and then that can just balloon and snowball into a large deficit. So we can definitely cut down those turnovers, maybe get to maybe half to only nine, ten turnovers a game. Then we can really start staying in these games more competitively. What do you think, Sadie?
1: I definitely agree with that. And when you look at their past games where they have, um, you know, 13, 14-point deficits, if they had less turnovers and more chances to score, then that deficit would be smaller, for I sure. I agree, really
0: agree. But... The the season for the girls, they actually have a lot of positives and pluses. For example, the most important part of the game, defense, they were stellar at. Um, Defensively, they they did a really good job. Despite being a smaller team relatively to the rest of the Ivy League schools, they were really good at being able to get into the passing lanes and steal the ball, block shots, and rebounding, despite their size.
1: Agreed. And I also wanted to bring up that our field goal percentage is pretty good. Despite our three point percentage being a little bit lower um, compared to the rest of the women's teams in the Ivies, we have a pretty competitive field goal percentage. And that combined with our like high block count and steal count is pretty menacing. And as a team, defensively, we're very scrappy. At the end of the day, we always fight to the last minute and um, really work and make the other team work to keep the ball.
0: Truly. And when it comes to great defensive teams, the question for all those teams is scoring. If a great defensive team can just get to their own little benchmark, whether that be 60 points, 50 points, 70 points, that could basically mean success for every game they're in, as long as cause they can count on their defense every game as long as they can now rely on their offense and get them to a certain benchmark, yeah. the girls team, they should have a really good chance. To
1: come and to even in regards to offense, I don't mean to contradict what I said earlier and what you said earlier. If we could expound on our inside game, because that's one thing that we're really strong with, and a lot of our returning cast for this season are great inside players, we could even just disregard our three-point improvement altogether and really focus on expounding that as a base.
0: I agree, but I also say that there is... Definitely going to need to improve on the three-point shooting. I mean, we're looking right now, just in a macro sense, look at the Lakers right now. Everyone in the world knows that they're struggling right now shooting for three. And not to say you need to be a great three-point shooting team, but if you just cut, if you get the percentage of slightly higher. Like, not even to a 40% marker, to maybe a 30% marker.
1: It would make a difference, and I think in modern basketball, you definitely definitely need to have three-point shooting teams. But also, when we're a team that's, like, starting from sixth place last season, I feel like we need to improve our fundamentals. That's not our first priority as a whole. And I think we have a great foundation, and to build upon that, we really need to take the first steps before we get to increasing three-point shooting. Um, percentages, because that's also not as easy as it sounds. Oh
0: yeah, very true, yeah, cause it's going to be a lot of work in the summer, which truly I do think the girls team is very capable of. I think they had a whole summer where we've heard that the team has had a lot of improvement through their new players coming in and the returning cast, which we can get into right now.
1: Yeah, of course, David. We can definitely move on to that. Um, so to start off this year, we did lose um, one of our top scorers, Teresa Graves, MNFO. And she transferred to Pepperdine after graduating as a senior from Cornell. But at the same time, we do have a lot of um, key players that I think can hold down the fort. Specifically, we can start with Anya McNicholas. Um, she's a 5'7 guard and she's a senior this year. She was a top scorer on the team last season, um, matching um Teresa grace and she had a high steal assist and rebound count per game like we discussed earlier um she's just a defensive menace and she's also very fast on the court like all a lot of her steals are off of um sprinting and getting a fast break Yeah, that's
0: really important having someone who's aggressive very active around just on the court in general on the floor she's getting the mix of a lot of things and able to put some points on the board valuable player that's really going to be good to have and something that's very important she definitely always take notice is our seniors um, being a senior, not just in game, but maturity as a person, is really important. And I think having senior guards gonna definitely also lead the team in scoring is really something to be excited for for next year. Yeah, next and
1: year. I, I definitely agree with that. And on that note, we also have um, another senior guard, Shannon Mulroy, who's a 5'8". Um, and she averaged eight points per game last year. And her main one thing I want about her that I wanted to highlight is that she's great at ball distribution and playmaking. Um, she was leading in assists, and she has a potential to be a high scorer and playmaker this year. Um, she really creates space and allows um, opportunities for other teammates to score, which I think is really important.
0: Very, you're, you're, you're absolutely correct. Having someone to distribute the ball like that to get everyone else involved, especially as we mentioned before. For a team that it really scoring will be a, de- a big thing for us to improve on this year. How is well I can distribute the ball and get us the spots we need to be, get us some open looks. Really, really, really good thing to have.
1: Um, yeah definitely and when you distribute the ball you always have to have somebody to give it to and on that note we go to um, Summer Parker Hall Um, she's a sophomore this year and she was a freshman last year and um, I think she'll be a really key player and grow into her role Um, she's a little bit on the younger side on the team she's 5'11 and a forward and though she has relatively low defensive stats compared to the rest of the aforementioned girls she has the highest field field goal and three point percentage and though she does have like did have a lower playing time I think she has a really high ceiling and I'm excited to see what she does with her playing time this year yeah
0: it, that three-point should be massive for us especially um, if she can continue to shoot that well from three, even increase the volume and continue to shoot well that could really help us with some of our three-point shooting woes we had last year
1: definitely and just going off of that another high scorer that we have that I think could play off of Summer Parker Hall really well is Olivia Snyder. She's also senior. Like we just talked about um, really important in leadership and she's a forward. Um, she's 6'0 so a little like has a strong presence in the paint. D was great down low in the block area she was also a top scorer with 9.3 points per game and she was a phenomenal rebounder which i think is really important considering that we talked about rebounding and play creating and she could just allow for more scoring
0: yeah as he has said we have a lot of good returning players this year and it doesn't just stop there we also have some really really good freshmen coming in. At the start we can talk about Sarah Hostel, who's a five four guard coming from Cod Station, fellow Texan, what's up? And something great about her is that she's really a scorer, but not just a scorer, she's an all around player. She was able to average 20 points a game, 6.6 rebounds, 5.5 assists, filled up the stats sheet, averaged over a 1,000 career points as a guard, and that's always been really important. And those skills she able to translate, the ability to rebound, to strip the ball and score, those are skills that can be developed, especially on the next level and over time.
1: I definitely agree with you, and I also think she won't have a problem adjusting to college play. Um, watching her high school highlights, I saw that she's also extremely fast on the court. Mm-hmm. Zippy, it's hard to get anything by her defensively, and then on the offensive side, when she distributes the ball and moves it around, there's no way to stay on her. Like, defensive players have a hard time guarding her. I think that'll translate really well to um, the coll- collegiate level.
0: Agree. And we m- mentioning speed athleticism, there's no one better than Vivian Neve. A five-nine guard slash 4, current hometown right here in New York. Um, she was a high school MVP, confident MVP. And she's a natural athlete. Well, she was she was, she was participating in track and field. Was in the shot the shot put. On. Yeah, and she
1: got accolades in those sports as well. Exactly.
0: So we're talking about multifaceted player, a true athlete here. Versatile too. the ability to be able to, because she's on tall side of five 5'9", be able to be able to play wing and also play the guard handle the ball is really important. She can have a really, really high, high ceiling for us.
1: Definitely. I think her being both a guard and a forward and also her natural athleticism would allow her to be really flexible and kind of fill whatever role needs to be filled with the team.
0: Definitely. Having a swift hardwood knife like that is always Always gonna be good. And another fresh we have coming from Illinois, a 614 Emily Pate. Um, so this girl is special. At 41 point career high in high school. A strong build, can rebound, balance, really physical. As we mentioned before, she's really going to fit perfectly for the culture the, the women's teams has here. For a team that loves defense and is able to rebound despite size, she's the one that's really a match made in heaven for this team.
1: Agreed, and I think she'll really help um, add to the, like the already strong culture of an inside game and expound upon that. Agreed. And also, like we talked about earlier. Um, I think she kind of fills the need for increased fundamental basketball gotcha. on that team when it comes to like taking things down on the inside and distributing it outwards, and even just like strong inside plays in general. I
0: do agree. Inside-out game could definitely be a way for, like you mentioned, to get some of that three-point shooting um, back up. And last freshman we had coming in from North Carolina, the six-foot guard, that's for Ruby Grace Williams, who's a conference player of the year in North Carolina East-West All-Star. We're honestly hope expecting big things from her as well, coming with the rest of all of our freshmen. And I think this is a really big sign for them. As we've seen before, we have a great amount of new talent coming in, and talent also fits together. I think that's really important. Having players that not only are great on individuals, but they can work together. We see in versatility here, all around play, in that they can kept up with this consistent theme of defense and rebounding can be really good for us.
1: Definitely. And tying back into Ruby Grace Williams, her making the East-West All-Star team in North Carolina, which is a capital state for women's basketball, especially in high school, is a huge deal. And um, I definitely think that her being a guard forward and also being, being flexible with Vivian nee, like, they can play off of each other and play off of other people on the team, like you said earlier.
0: Yeah, and so we can talk also about um, the Ivy League preseason poll that was taken recently. Um, in the poll, we've seen that they predicted that Princeton will finish as the top seed in Ivy League, and Cornell will finish sixth, just like last year. Um, and when it comes to that, we can definitely see where they're coming from. I can definitely see the argument there. However, I do think some of the players we have could really be some wild X factors for us going into next year.
1: Definitely. And also as somebody who's followed women's basketball for a while, I think with the right recipe and the right coaching and just moving forward, we could definitely upset that and get I agree. higher if possible. I mean, I have confidence that we could get higher than six.
0: I agree. Sometimes, if a team can really find its spark and it find its chemistry, sometime, prefer beginning of the season, but even halfway through a season, go on a nice run, it can really set us up for a good position to try to get into the playoffs.
1: Agree. And also, in their past season, a lot of their games, though there was a significant deficit, I think it's really important to note that it wasn't a skill-based issue. It was more of a error-based, like careless error-based issue in terms of turnovers, or um, you know, like offensive rebounds. Yeah. So I think if we just really work on those, then we could get higher than
0: six. Gotcha. And so looking at the girls team, so hey, I got one question for you. What part of the team are you you think you're really most excited for?
1: Excited I really am excited to see the freshmen and see how they grow. Honestly, new talent is always exciting. But more than anything, I think it's really interesting how we have to guards slash forwards, and also how we have really physical players with them. Like with um, Sarah Hawthorne being like extremely quick and also like an all-rounder, and Emily Pape just being extremely strong as a whole, and also just being incredibly physical. I think it'll be nice to see what they bring to the team.
0: Gotcha. Now, for me at least, I got to be Summer Parker Hall for me. I love a good shooter when I see one. And yeah, if she can keep knocking that. No,
1: definitely. You bring up a good point. I'm really excited to see how she grows. Yeah. I think her ceiling is super high. <laughs> nah,
0: yeah. I definitely love a good shooter. Oh, we're definitely going to be at the games. Every game we have home here, I'd love to see her knock down some threes. Nah, but so the, I think the girls team is going to have a really good year ahead yeah. of them. And I think if everything goes right, should be a good year. It's something definitely excited to watch.
1: Agreed. I'm excited. now we're going to switch a tune and switch to the men's team. In the 2021-2022 season recap, we had a 15 to 11 like overall record, 10 to 2 home record and then 5 and 8 on the road. But overall in the conference, we had a 7 for 7. Conference win to loss ratio, and then we made it to the Ivy Tourney semifinals and lost to Princeton, and it was our second Tourney appearance, and we finished top four despite a predicted seventh finish. Yeah, that's
0: probably the biggest thing this team had last year. This was a true, at least to the, the, the poll beginning. This team overachieved, through what a lot of the experts thought. Which is like was really is a testament to these guys and the guys we had last year, and some of the guys we have returning. They lost a very close game to Princeton to a very good Princeton team. So honestly, last year was a true plus, a true. Great, you're a great step in the right direction. For this team, we can really start it off with some more returning guys.
1: Yeah, for sure. First, we have Keller Boothby. He was—he's a, a junior this year, six-seven, and he's a forward. Last year, he was an integral part of the team, and I'm sure that won't change this year. He averaged eight point three points per game while shooting fifty-three percent from the floor and forty-nine percent from the three-point Yeah, I'm sorry,
0: but before we keep going, just for the, for for some of the people that don't know, forty-nine percent from three is ridiculous. Especially and this wasn't on like one shot. This was on high volume. He's a ridiculously good shooter.
1: And more than anything, I think something that's important going off of that is he's experienced, and I think he's going to set the tone for the season and team culture as a member of the leadership on there.
0: Definitely. I agree. I think seniors and juniors will be really important for the men's team. We have a good group of freshmen coming in, so having that leadership that was able to lead the team last year to a playoff spot, having that, again, is going to be really valuable.
1: Agreed. And more than anything, I think besides being just a leader on the team, he's also incredibly skilled. He plays by the stretch the floor policy where um, – he moves from inside to outside, and this could change moving forward. And even though he played centered, like center or down in the paint during the Princeton game last season, he's really more suited for a small forward and shooting guard, considering his three point percentage. Yeah,
0: well, what I've heard is that that was a very one time thing, just in the game against Princeton. And Princeton had uh, I believe uh, season MVP uh, Tucson. Um, and Wilma. So that was a very particular time and particular game. But you no, know, I agree. I think his role as a shooter that stretches the floor for our team is really important. Yeah, when he has the hot hand, it's it's. A tough time for a lot of teams to guard.
1: Yeah, when he gets hot, the shots fall expeditiously. Everything is just three after three after three. And on that note, we can move on to Nazir Williams. He's a sophomore this year, 6'3", and a guard. He averaged seven points per game while shooting 50%, including 61% from inside the arc, which is ridiculous even by field goal shooting percentage, like averages as a whole.
0: Yeah, Naz had a six-man role last year, and... Great stat for him is that per 40 minutes, which would mean if he plays 40 minutes a game, he averaged 17 points a game. Which really shows, especially in a new year, where from what we've heard, that he's showing incredible strides as a scorer and as an overall basketball player. He should have a pretty big year.
1: Agreed. Year. And also, he's just a sophomore, which means mm-hmm. he's two more years after this one. And his ceiling is extremely high. So the room for growth and like experience added to that is really integral. Yeah, and I think it'll exactly. be really important. And for his,
0: him to have that impact as a freshman, and now he's gone over the freshman bump, now he's can't yeah. a sophomore year with more experience, or he played in a playoff game. He's playing big games already. That's really important. No,
1: agreed. He's one of the players that I'm most excited to see how they play this year. Agreed. And on that note, we have Greg Dolan, who's a senior this year. Last year during the Princeton game, he was on the court pretty often, and he's expected to be a ball handler this season. He averaged 6.2 points per game, but he's really a distributor.
0: Agreed. And I think having a senior guard especially is really important. For most positions, I think it's truly a talent question. Whoever fits the best for the team or is the most talented can really fit every position. However, the point guard is very specific.
1: Yeah, you have to have the basketball IQ yeah, to and really the, like move the agreed. floor and move your players how you need them yeah, to be. And
0: that experience for a point guard who knows what he's doing, knows how to orchestrate the offense and run a team, that's really important. So I think Greg Dolan is going to be an instrumental part of the team.
1: Definitely, and also our last returning cast member is Chris Mannon. He's a junior, six five, and he's a guard this year. Dave and I were talking about this earlier. He's an explosive player, so when he gets it right, he gets it right. And he was average ten point ten points per game last sem- last year, and his conference play was eleven point five points per game on fifty one percent.
0: Yes, he's one. He was a second league scorer last year, and I think hey, this year he's definitely going to be someone to watch. I think this team will have something very unique if he's able to take another step. In the right direction and be able to t- build off what he had um, in his sophomore year.
1: Definitely, I agree.
0: And I think one of the big things we could talk about for this team is that for a team that overachieved, there were some things they can improve on, but the good thing about some of the things this team can improve on is that there's something that can be improved on very easily and it's something that's very recognizable. For example, similar to the girls' team, there does need to be slightly more of a, of a scoring boost. Um, we did have two good scorers in Chris Mann and the graduate now, Dean Noel, yeah,
1: But none of them were in the top 15 scores exactly. in the Ivy League.
0: Exactly, which is really important. Mann was 19th last year, so hopefully him or possibly Nas could take the next step of progression and possibly crack that 15 boundary it would be really good for us.
1: Definitely. And kind of going off of that, similar to the girls, we did have a turnover issue. We were number two in turnovers, if I'm correct.
0: Yes, and then... Another probably had – we're a middle-of-the-path free-throw shooting team. We all made, we shot we – we're the fifth-ranked team sh- free-throw shooting wide. We shot seventy percent, which isn't necessarily terrible, but it's those little things, those little details that we can improve on can really make the difference because the close game that uh, we lost the Princeton in the, in the playoffs yeah, last Yeah, four
1: hand, points, just four, two more free throws. A four-point game, those yeah. free throws, if
0: you can get some of those down, that changes the entire dynamic of the late game. And one of the things we also work on is that despite the fact that we were honestly a very, really quality defensive rebounding team, we were we were also giving up a good amount of rebounds to our opponents. We were a third worst in our opponent's average rebounds. Which again, though, we can easily prove on. We have some freshmen that could definitely help that we'll talk about a bit yeah, later.
1: Yeah, definitely. And going back to the point deficit, when we have such a small point deficit, any point, any play counts. So um, just even getting an extra rebound or an extra two rebounds could potentially lead to Agreed. decreasing that deficit.
0: And one thing I think that's really important for this team is that having a team that had a very unique year last year, a team that overachieved based on what the experts said, a team that did go into a big playoff game and lost by a very small margin, that experience, that that sense of chemistry as a group is going to be really important and I think the older guys are going to be able to bring the younger guys and, and the new players into that system and that culture very easily and so coming to this year I'm really high on this team I think we everything we've mentioned can be improved on pretty definitely. well especially because we have experienced players that know what happened last year and are definitely going to be hungry and wanting to try to really crack get to the, uh, the Ivy League finals this year and, and, and win it
1: yeah and we can really expound on our good qualities like mm-hmm. we had a bunch of good ones last year like we led the Ivy League League and team rebounding, exactly. and we were second in scoring.
0: Yeah, and to go off when we were second in field goal percentage, third in three point field goal percentage, we we're second best in opposing field goal percentage, which means when we were we were the guard, we did a great job, and we we're second best in opposing three point shooting. So, honestly, this is a team that last year really hit stride, and I think going to this year, we should have a really good um, thing to work off. Um, also, one of the big things that this is a deep team. This isn't necessarily a team that relies on one yeah. to two guys to lead them all the Everybody way. Everybody
1: that comes off of the bench like, does what they have to do. Exactly. We have a deep bench. Everybody's a phenomenal scorer, great ball movement, and just offensively we're a strong team all the way through.
0: I think overall this is a really, really solid roster. solid a lot of team. However, I think this team can really break from solid and good to – great honestly I think this team has the potential to. and that
1: margin is incredibly small it's just a few things that we need to take care of and that's where I think it's really exciting because we have a lot of fresh talent on this team like going to the freshmen first we have Adam Hinton Mm -hmm. he averaged 16-4-2 on 52-47 and 83 splits and he's also a good size for shooting guard 6-5 and he's just a natural scorer like he drops threes like nobody's business and he's consistent with it 24-7
0: sneaky athletes some of the guy that knows about this guy just—he can really get up there, and that helps with his. Bully the score around the rim, get him to the spot, get room around the perimeter. And like he mentioned earlier, he shot 47 percent from three, 83 from the free throw line. This guy really just knows what to do with the basketball. Agreed.
1: And also, I think it's interesting that for a shooting guard, he's not afraid to drive and get in the paint, which I think is really valuable for shooting guards as a whole. Because if you get put in a corner on the perimeter, you have to know how to maneuver the ball, especially if there's no other options.
0: Agreed. And um, one of the freshmen that I'm most excited for, DJ Nix, who's a four-time all in high school. He averaged 22 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 assists. He was nominated for the McDonald's All-American game. This kid has a very, very, very bulky, strong body. 6'6", and also a very old-school game. Um, there's, not, there's not too much flash, not too much um, long-shooting threes. With him, though, it's really a slow but strong penetration game. Yeah. DJ Nix is the guess rim and finish really strong, and he's also really good at making decisions getting out of the post, out on the, um, the paint. But what's really, I think, fascinating about him is his potential as a rebounder and a force around the rim. He's a hard worker, and when he's active and energetic around the rim, he can rebound like no way his business.
1: And I think that's really important, because that leads back to our previous point about the rebounds and mm-hmm. how they affect our deficits and our games and losses. Yeah. I think as he grows and continues to play with the team, he'll be able to like really lend to that and improve. And on the opposite side, we have Cooper Nord. Mm-hmm. So he's, I, what I find interesting is he's kind of like the complete opposite of DJ. He's. A knockout shooter, like, knocks the lights out. 16 points per game, and he's led his high school to his first sectional title. And he was a four-year varsity starter, which Mm -hmm. is incredible. Um, And he shot over 41% from the three. And they were also deep-range threes.
0: Exactly. Which
1: is, for listeners who aren't familiar with basketball, when you move from high school to college, the three-point line gets deeper. Exactly. So it's harder. Like, a lot of high school players have a hard time adjusting to the college level, especially if there's three-point specialists. But Cooper Nord was already shooting deep threes anyways. Exactly. So he won't I don't think he'll have that adjustment period. Yeah,
0: there really will be none for him, man. Shooting for one three, like he mentioned, these weren't normal catch and shoots five three. These were he's shooting from long range, curry range, damn near. And what he's doing to be able to shoot for that range and the defenses, they knew that he was a great shooter. So he's shooting that while they knew they were trying to test run off the three point line and he was still knocking it down to no one. and that that three point ability, especially the way basketball played – in the Mara era, that could be really valuable for Kunal. Yeah, and
1: him and DJ playing off of each other with the whole rebounding and inside game and then the strong outside game, will, I think will be really important. Exactly. And think- that's, on that point, I kind of want to talk about Josh Baldwin. Yeah. Because though he doesn't have a distinct role as an inside or an outside player, but he was a Boston Globe all-star t- like team player, and he was 15-7 and 7 as a junior. And he's just generally a really good athlete, and he kind of plays... He's a jack-of-all-trades. trades i tell
0: you, I bet Josh Baldwin, person, this is a massive human being. He looks more like a football <laughs> running back, I promise you. But, and he's got really, really good athleticism. Uh, Josh, I think, is to be – and that's something very important because going from high school to college, that's what he mentioned, there's also just a jump between the range and the three-point line. also a physical difference. So you're now playing against 22-year-olds, people that have been in college for four years. They've strengthened their bodies. And to have a or college-ready body by the time he's a freshman – it's really valuable, so he's going to deal with the physicality of the new, of the next level very easily.
1: I definitely agree with that. And also, one thing that I do want to touch on is our coach Brian Earl. Ever since he's been employed, he's the team has done phenomenal. Like mm-hmm. their performance last year, I think can really be um, owed to him. And he was a former assistant coach for Princeton and former Ivy League Player of the Year. And he also was Ivy Coach of the Year last season.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, we have a really good coach. And that's really valuable and having someone that's really where this team's improved every year since he's been here. And so to me at least, we can just go in predictions now. I am very confident in this team. I am excited. I love the pieces this team has already. I love the pieces they brought on, the culture, the energy, the year they had last year. I'm pretty confident in saying that I believe we can have a very similar year to last year and make the playoffs. I think I we can think do we better
1: than last agree. year. Agree.
0: I also think that we can even be the higher seed. And I think we could really challenge some of the higher teams in so that league. So,
1: on that note, what are your thoughts on the Ivy preseason poll?
0: So, in the preseason poll, um, I think honestly, I, I I personally disagree with some of the uh, decisions. They had Cornell at fifth in the poll, and personally, while I understand their point because they believe that Harvard's additions coming into this year would help them a lot, I think Cornell should be able to be able to c- compete with these teams. I think. Mm-hmm with the ditch they have, with the growth in some of the returning players. And, and also with the coaching. Exactly. Like we've been growing Coach exponentially
1: Earl. every year since he started. I think more than anything, the fifth placement is conservative.
0: Agreed. I think I think that would be on the short end of the stick. However, if I had to make a, a prediction, I'd be confident is saying I believe that this team could go and have a very similar season to last year. Um the preseason poll had Penn as the number 1 seed in the Ivy League which I would tend to agree with. Um Penn has some very good players But also that the poll returning. between
1: Penn and Princeton is incredible. The poll between the top ranked ones are Penn very and very, is by, very close.
0: yeah, for context, Penn won the Ivy League season preseason poll by 1 point from Princeton. So those two very good teams, but again, as we mentioned before, Cornell lost to Princeton by 4 points in the playoffs. That's a really, really good thing to be able to leave and hold your hat on. So going into this year, when we get into the tour, into, into true season conference play and late season, I think that's going to be something really important to recognize.
1: Yeah, and the season's starting soon.
0: Very soon. So. so for context now, the men's basketball team plays November 7th at Boston College, and the women play November 7th at Colgate. This teams, both teams, honestly— are going to be really exciting, really fun to It's watch. going
1: to be a dynamic start to the season Agreed. for sure. I'm excited to watch both teams. Yeah. teams.
0: Me and Saheem are going to be at every game, and we honestly ask you guys to come out, truly. Show some school spirit. Yeah, these are some good teams. And as a freshman, I already know I'm bringing all my friends, everyone I know to the games. You'll see us there, and it's going to be a really good time.
1: No, for sure. All right, guys, thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed. Stay tuned for next week, where we'll be covering the men's team after their first game. It'll also be our first interview, so definitely something to look forward to. Please share with your friends and family and follow the podcast on your platform. These two things help us grow the podcast and publicize Cornell Sports the most. Once again, you can follow Big Red Sports Network on Instagram at CornellBRSN or reach us at www.cornellBRSN.com. I'm Sukhini Singh.
0: And I'm David the Pager.
1: And we'll see you next week.
0: Go Big Red.